It's your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. And if you're a first time listener, I appreciate you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me and they're in your general vicinity, why don't you go ahead and lean over and give them that crisp. High five. You know, I had to put the sound effect in there. You hear me slap my hands and stuff, you know, give you that that that's how it could be for you. And that person that recommended you to me, if you're in the same vicinity, you can slap the hands, get some shock waves coming through. You can feel it reverberate in your chest and you just feel the aura that is the random rounds with Rob. I mean, I don't know if it's going to feel like that for you. It might just sound like a whole bunch of jibber jabber in your headphones or however you're listening to me. But speaking of social media and everything like that, you can follow this show. In those places, such as Twitter at 3R Show, on Facebook, just type in Around the Rambles with Rob, and Instagram, use the hashtag 3R Show or hashtag Walmart Log. You can see me walking around the hollowed halls of Walmart talking all manner of malarkey. Um, speaking of the internet and Instagram or whatever, I have guests with me today that I stumbled upon via Instagram. I mean, everybody who scrolls through Instagram and everything, you know, you see like the little ads, the commercials that they put out there and everything. And I happened to fall upon this one commercial is a guy out there on the street with a microphone um, trying to persuade people to try a product. It was um, some fragrance smells or whatever. I forget even which what it, what it was or whatever. But what made me stay on the commercial, you know, usually you swipe through and you just go on about your business. I was stuck. I couldn't move because this guy was so charismatic. I mean, he was so confident in what he was doing. I mean, he didn't like push himself on people and everything. And, you know, I kind of appreciated that because if I was a guy on the street and he came up to me in the manner which he did with these people, I would have been, you know, persuaded to stay and hear his pitch and everything. Most of the time, I'm just like, I'm fucking on the football field. I put the stiff arm out there and I keep going and, you know, trying to get the touchdown. But I would have stayed and heard the pitch because I was rather intrigued about, you know, how he interacted with the people, the charisma he exuded and whatnot. And I was like, I have to talk to this person. So I dug around uh, freaking Instagram and everything, found a YouTube channel and a freaking Twitter. So... My guest with me this evening is a man by the name of Robert Rivera from the On the Cheap Tip YouTube series. Now, welcome. Yes. 
Thank how, you. How Thank you. you. That was that was a really good job. I was just enjoying listening to you <laughs> talk about about all my accomplishments. Well, well, <laughs> you could keep going, just boost my ego up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, I'm going to do that over the course of this podcast because you do a couple of things <laughs> that I've seen that you know truly amazes me. I mean, there's none none. Some of them I wouldn't do, but still to see it and you pull it off flawlessly, it just amazes I the shit out of you. me. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I do a YouTube channel full of, uh, challenges, diet challenges and fitness challenges, and my subscribers actually vote for them. So they're the ones who put me through the torture (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I just kind of go with it and, you know, collect the paycheck at the end of the day. (laughs) But I mean, it's, 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 it's more about, it's not so much about money. It's really about, um, just trial and error and helping people mm-hmm. find uh, the right thing for them. And I think that's why I do what I do is because I really do like to help people. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of entertaining to see someone, you know, suffer through a diet that you probably would never want to try. <laughs> <yourself>. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I think, um, cause I kind of went through it uh, ran- randomly. Um, but yes. I think the most recent thing that you were doing was like the egg diet or whatever. Egg diet. Yes. Um, that was, uh, I will say it, it, it had some great results, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was probably the, my least favorite diet that I've ever tried See? because it's just, it's, it's boring. It's the same thing every day, basically yeah. eggs, eggs, and then more eggs. <laughs> yeah. And you, you kind of a- answered one of my questions that I was going to ask you about anyway, out of all the things that you have been through as far as these challenges and diet diets and everything, which one was your least favorite? And you just went ahead and told me it was the eggs. Oh, well, I mean, this one is, is, is probably low on the totem pole, but like the one that was the worst was, a water fast diet that was like torture that was terrible i will never do that again in my life ever well, kind of, kind of <laughs> that consisted of yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah go ahead i was gonna ask you the details on that oh that consisted of me basically just eating no food it's a it's a prolonged fast um, I challenged, I got challenged to do it for seven days Ugh. and it's, you're basically just drinking water. Uh, you're supposed to add, uh, some Him- Himalayan sea salt to your water every so often. I did not know this. So I got a little sick on the second and third days, but by the fifth day, I will tell you, I was feeling a crazy amount of energy because your body starts to go through ketosis yeah. and your body starts to uh, burn fat at that point and your body has a new restored kind of energy. Now it is a, a euphoric kind of energy because you feel like you are living in a television series or everything's much brighter. Everything feels weird, but you are fine. You're totally coherent and you're focused. It's just a very uh, different kind of state of being. So, I mean, Gandhi did it, right? So, uh, and he was very profound in his teachings. So, I figure seven days is not bad if someone went through it for, you know, longer than that. Now, you know, you already said it's like over the course of seven days or anything, but like, what is the rest period between these things that you do and everything? Is it a couple months or weeks? how, How do you space it out? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Cause I get asked a lot by my subscribers. Why I don't come out with videos 
more often. And that is exactly it because I have to give my body a chance to recuperate from these diet and physical challenges, uh, you know, because I just can't just go from one diet to the next diet because they seem to really like the diets the most. Mm-hmm. And that really does take a toll on your body when it's just ch- you're changing your diet so consistently your body, you know, I, I like to, you know, have a regular bowel movement. (laughs) I like to be able to, you know, not feel drained or crabby because I'm getting something taken out of my diet or something put in my diet. So I, and I do like to live my life because it can be a little bit uh, invasive yeah. these diets because I'm filming myself every day. Obviously there's sometimes where I can't even just go out and have a drink with friends or go to a restaurant because I don't know what they're going to serve me. I have to be very strict about it because I'm yeah. trying to do this experiment to make sure that it works. So mm-hmm. I do try to take at least one week off in between every challenge that I do just to get back to some normalcy and especially if, uh, you know, on the water fast, I, I lost like 11 pounds and I was pretty scrawny and uh, I didn't like that, that way I looked. I didn't think that was healthy. And I definitely wanted to make sure that I gained a little bit yeah. more back before I tried to do anything else. And that's another thing too, like you want to see if I lose weight or not. So if I don't have any kind of body fat to begin with, like you're just really promoting something that's really unhealthy for people to do. And I'd rather try, I I try to be responsible in that sense and not like promote any kind of eating disorder or anything like that. So um, that's why I take those breaks and people don't really understand, but you know, I, I, they keep coming back. So I'm okay with that. They, they're, they're, they're anxiously waiting is what I like to say. And, uh, usually when they come back, they're very happy with how well I produce the video. And that's really what I want to do is take my time to like produce it, make it right. And then also be able to live my life and have my own social life at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So now, yeah. So like, um, how long have you been doing like the different um, diet videos and everything? Well, it's funny. When I first started YouTube, I started it, I think this is like seventh year or eighth year now. Mm I, um, I started with just skincare. I was an actor and uh, a dancer in New York city, uh, working actor, trying to work, sometimes not working. (laughs) And my friend had a YouTube channel And she mentioned that she thought I'd be good at maybe starting something. Now, this was the start of YouTube where YouTube was just starting to become the phenomenon that it is today. You know, you have people like Grace Helbig and Shane Dawson and Lily Singh and all those people who are huge today, which who were just starting out back then. So I I was jumping on that bandwagon and I started with, I I didn't really even know what I was going to do on my channel. So I decided, Hey, why don't we do something health related, maybe some skincare. There was no guys doing any kind of real skincare at the time. And, uh, so I was just showing people how to make their own skincare products at home for cheap. And that's where on the cheap tip came from. And if you see my logo, you have like a cucumber, the cucumber is representative to me of like natural skincare stuff. Cause you always see that in every product, you know, the yeah. cucumbers on the eyes and things. Yep. So that's where that kind of came from. And it, it started to just do well. And then I just continued to make videos and 
you know, it did well over the years. And then <laughs> I came to a point where it was a lull <laughs> in my view because it, YouTube obviously got very oversaturated with people that were just making Stuff, anything yeah. at the time. And so it was very hard to kind of get ahead at some point. So uh, I took a little break, a little time off um, and decided to look over what really did well. And these kind of fitness and diet things that, that did well were booming. So um, I did a military diet was the very first guy in 2015 that I did. And that went super viral. I'm probably, I think the top most watched video for that genre. I think it's something like 14 million views or something like that. I don't know what it is now, but it, it, it went pretty crazy. And I don't think it was the fact that I was just doing a diet. I think it was also the fact that I, 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 I do crazy things. I'm a crazy person in, in real life. And um, I'm, I don't take things super seriously. And I think it was the fact that I was doing the diet and getting results. And on top of it, I was adding some fun to it. And that's what I like to do with my life is just have fun. So once I started doing well, I started to invest in more diet and fitness challenges and they did better. And that's kind of what boomed and I just continue to do that. So for the past year now, I've been just focusing on fitness and diet challenges and whatever else people vote for, but mostly just that. Okay. And um, with that and everything, I mean, fitness and dieting is pretty important to you because you are an actor, you are a dancer and everything. So like, yes, you know, how Well, I was, I, I would say I was, was. I mean, I'm, I'm getting up there now. So I, I don't have the energy to go on the auditions I used to when I was younger. So I kind of, you know, took YouTube more seriously and producing videos. And like you said, you saw me on a commercial. That is actually a commercial that I produced for a, a perfume company that does like, you know, boxing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's a scent, I don't know if I can mention their name because we're not sponsored <laughs> by them anymore. But um, yeah, a lot of people have seen that commercial and uh, that kind of opened a new door to me actually being able to hire people to work with me and create a company based on my name. So that kind of opened new opportunities for me to be able to produce videos for other people as well as myself. So that's kind of what I'm doing now is producing and creating my videos. And then on top of it, I still teach dance here and there. I only teach like two classes a week, but I started this new class called heels mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's a, it's a genre that is weird. Well, not weird, I guess new and upcoming for men to be dancing in heels. You see it kind of with, some of the people on YouTube, like Tiger Call and Giannis Marshall and Brian Friedman. Um, and it was just starting. And I, I said to my boss, I said, we should add this to the roster and see how it does. You know, I, I'll learn how to dance in heels. I never did it before, but I was like, how hard can it be? And let me tell you, it's very hard. <laughs> but I took a month of just practicing and uh, lo and behold, that became successful. And then from there, I started another career 
of dancing in heels and choreographing for people. I just worked with Kelly Clarkson. I also just shot another music video in heels that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. I don't know when this is going to air. If it airs in a week or so, then I'll, I can say it. <laughs> two, two <laughs> but, um, I'm sorry. It'd be about two weeks. So not this oh, weekend, yeah. but next weekend. So then I can say it. <laughs> I just saw a new music video with Todrick Hall dancing in heels uh, for his new album that just dropped actually today. So that was pretty awesome. And this all has to do with them finding me on Instagram and seeing that I'm dancing and just asking me to be a part of their projects. And that is pretty amazing yeah. to say, because I'm at an age where I'm not going to mention my age. We'll just keep that on the hush. But um, I'm at an age where people usually retire from dance. So for me to be starting a career at that point, that's kind of really cool and a challenge, but I'm up for any challenge, obviously, because I do them for a living. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, what came first? Because, I mean, you got so, so many things on your plate here. You got this going on, acting, the dancing and everything. What came first? What was yeah. your first thing that you gravitated toward? Was it the dancing or the acting? What was it? What came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. Um, I always had a, just a knack for wanting to entertain people, be it that I was, you know, five years old at the Thanksgiving dinner table singing for my family or dancing or acting and writing scripts as a kid or, you know, weird things that kids don't normally do. <laughs> so I always had a knack for that kind of business. And I never really knew what I wanted to do until I entered high school and I discovered they, they did like plays and musicals. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Let me try this out. And I realized that I was actually pretty good at all three. And I just pursued it. I pursued musical theater as uh, a career. I, I got nominated twice uh, for this thing called the paper mill rising star award. It's a huge thing in New Jersey where they go around to all of the high schools in New Jersey and they nominate like seven people. And I was one of the seven people who got nominated and then ended up getting a scholarship to <laughs> their school program over the summer. So I got training for musical theater and then it just kind of balls. I never really, it's funny. I, I, I always put the effort in to, you know, these projects. And that's one thing that I always do. I always step up to a challenge. And I just try to accomplish it. I never back down. And then just opportunities came from those challenges, me overcoming those challenges. And then I went to school for it. And then I was an actor, an actor was born. And then I was in New York city just trying to make it. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of, it all kind of happened at once, I guess. So I, I don't think anything really came first. I was just ready to grab any opportunity that came my way. Yeah, and then, so that's my answer. You, know, you kind of laying it out like that. I mean, I guess it all is one and the same, isn't it? I mean, dancing yeah. is a form of entertainment. Acting is a form of entertainment. You know, so yes, you know, you got to be good. And at, not a lot of I mean, yeah, you got to be good at, especially to make it in New York. If you want to do musicals and Broadway, and that's kind of what I had my eye on at the time. You got to be good. You got to be a triple threat, or you're just never going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, even to be in the chorus, you have to be a triple threat you have to be able to do all three. And uh, I think I just loved entertaining 
And I, I think it was more than just entertaining people to me. It was making people feel a certain type of way, making people feel happier or feeling something from the work that I did. And I think that was the, the thing I was after most because seeing, looking back now and seeing what I do now, it's all so similar. Like I today may not be an actor on Broadway or singing or dancing necessarily, but I'm reaching people and I'm helping them in some way. And that's the one goal that I think I have in life is that I really do like to help people. And I like to be able to change their life or make it a little bit better mm-hmm. in any way that I can. So, yeah. <laughs> Most people do it for the fame. I'm not, I don't care if I ever get famous or anything like that. I just want to be known that I, to help people. Cause when I get those stories from people that comment in my comment section or they DM me, they tell me, Oh, you, you, you don't know how you changed my life. I lost 40 pounds just doing some of your diet and exercise routines, or I, I lost this amount of weight and I, I couldn't thank you enough. And it really, that's the thing that makes it all worth it to me is just being able to help people and change them their something in their lives. And I think that's why I taught, you know, I teach, I still teach. I I don't need to teach. I just like doing it. I just, I seriously just like going into a class and communicating with people and helping them feel good for that hour that they're taking my dance class or my fitness class. And uh, that's, that's the best part of what I do, you know, and I just so happen to get paid for it. So look at that. You, you you pay for the things that you love or whatever. It never feel like work or some shit like that, right? It never feels like work. It really. I mean, sometimes it feels like work. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, every when you put a lot of effort into it, and especially I'm I'm a big time perfectionist. I'm sure you can, you know, yeah, agree videos, in some can, sense in your see. life that you can be a perfectionist and really want things to be perfect. Sometimes when you're that big of a perfectionist you know, it, it seems like work a little bit, but, but in the end, is it, is it worth doing? Yeah. I love it. And I would never trade it for a million years. You know, I would never change anything that I've done along the way. I wish I, I do wish I could have discovered this earlier in life. You know, I, I don't think I really got into my career until, you know, well, after my twenties, let's just admit that right yeah. there. Cause I'm not in my twenties <laughs> <laughs> and I really wish that I could have discovered it earlier, but I couldn't have because YouTube wasn't even anything at mm-hmm. that point. And I got social media wasn't anything. I mean, we barely just had cell phones at that point, you know? So I think what, everything that happened happened for a reason mm-hmm. and I'm just going with it and believing that I, I, there's just so much more for me to do. And this is not the end of what I'm doing. I, yeah. I just, I believe that every day I know there's something else coming and then something else does happen and it's crazy, you know? So um, I think just putting that positivity out there and, and helping other people see that they can do the same thing and overcome these challenges. I think, and if you if they can see me overcoming challenges, they can they can know for themselves that they can overcome any challenge in their life. And you know, you're paying it forward in that sense. Yeah, 
And I, and I totally agree with that because, I mean, I, from the way you're talking and everything, I feel like we're in the same age bracket and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. you're doing it way better than I am. So Pro- No, no, no <laughs> one. That's one thing. Like, I used to compare myself a lot to a lot of different people, and I think that's what held me back a lot. And when you just focus in your lane and say, let me move to the next step, and it just takes brick by brick to build a house, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, every house gets built differently and we're just building our houses differently, but you're doing a great job. I mean, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I think you have such a knack and a natural ability, even the intro, I was impressed because that would have taken me a couple takes to get that down. Right. Just saying, I have YouTube to edit myself. So <laughs> this is a, that's impressive. I will say, and, and, and I, you know, I appreciate that and everything, but what I was talking about, you're doing it better than me. Cause I mean, you do all the beauty regiments and everything and I don't do none of that shit. I just <laughs> get the washcloth, blam, and then I put some coconut oil, and I'm gone out the door. Well, that's not, <laughs> it's not your gig, you know. That's not your gig. That's not your bag. But you have a different gig, you know. Like you're reaching people through your voice, and you definitely have a good voice for a podcast. So, not trying to build your ego, but you know, appreciate it. Appreciate it, it. it is what it is. You, you you have a natural ability for it, and you know. The, the universe or whatever you believe, if you believe in God, they have put that in your path for a reason. Yeah. And then, you know, we kind of talked about it before we started recording proper and everything. Like, mm-hmm. I pretty much said the same thing you said. I mean, you had a, blog, a vlog or anything or whatever you're talking about because you're Rob and I'm perpetrating as a Rob for the sake of the show. Yes, I was like, I, I was like, is your name Shannon or Rob? Because I'm not sure who I'm talking to. And he's like, well, both. <laughs> so I get it. And I, we were saying about the the random Rob thing that we both kind of have in common. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I feel the sentiment that you, you know, you expressed just a little while ago because, you know, I was in the military for 16 years of my life, you know, from 18 until, you know, what 2016 is when I retired and that's all I knew and then for me to get out and start doing this podcast and everything it was just like I never knew I could do something like this because you know for you know all this time I've been doing this other shit and everything so toward the end of my career you know I was a teacher as well you know I went back to where I was trained to be an instructor there so Mm-hmm. And I got uh, it's, I'm all over the place right now, but like I seen a quote today on Twitter from a former guest of this show, uh, Alicia Atut, and that's her real last name, Atut. And okay. she put that be the person that you never had, you know. So, and you know, that kind of struck a chord with me because like when I went back to teach, it was just like I wanted to be the instructor that I didn't have when I went through the training. And everything because yeah. they left a lot of shit out that you know if I would have had the information I would have been I felt like I would have been well more prepared for what I was getting into so whenever I went back yeah. I was like hey you want to look out for this 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 and this you know you don't want to go buy a car right out the gate from this dealership because they're going to give you 24% APR and <laughs> you only make like $600 a month so you want to stay away from that shit so yeah no that's a that's a really good way to put it because i feel very much the same way in my college career like they never treated like i went to school for acting and that's what i got a degree in fine arts and acting and uh they you know they gave us the skills to act 
right? Mm -hmm. But they never gave us the business side of the acting. So once I got out there, I realized very rather quickly that we are not just actors. We are a business, a commodity of one. And we have to learn how to manage that as a business. And I think in that sense, all actors, anyone going into the arts, needs to take some kind of business course to be able to, you know, um, get all that together in the end and, and be able to move forward as a business. Because basically you are a freelance artist, you're a freelancer, and you have to be able to, you know, account for everything, your money, the direction you're going, the management side of it. And that's not anything that I got taught. It's something that I just had to kind of learn on my own. And it was a hard lesson to learn. Let me tell you. (laughs) But once you learn it, it's like, wow, I just want to share this with the world. I want to share all of my knowledge with everyone that, you know, what I didn't have, I want to share that with people. And that's, that's really smart way of looking at it. Yeah, because I mean, it's for the purposes of this show is public knowledge that, you know, I had a child right out of high school and I got married at 19 and, you know, I joined the military and all that stuff. This is all public record because of the life of this show. And I would tell the students that, you know, I would give them in-depth detail of like how it went from you know meeting my first first wife you hear that the first one down and all the ups and downs you know being you know a 18 19 year old fresh out of high school joining the military with a family already started you know because um when i when we would get the students in they already been through boot camp they already um been through like a couple of weeks of uh, infantry training and all that stuff. And now they're here with us to learn their job in the military. So they still, you were very, you were like a, uh, like a basic training, like chief officer or something like that. I don't know much about the military. (laughs) So don't forgive me for misquoting. Well, well, let's just put it this way. I was pretty much the gatekeeper to the rest of their career. I mean, I was yeah. their last stop before they actually went out and started to do their job. So yes. they went through boot camp. They learned the basics. You know, they got a little bit mm-hmm. of advanced training after that. And then to me, it's just like, all right, this is the job. Transportation is what I did. I'm going to teach mm-hmm. you how to be the best operator that you can possibly be. And then after gotcha. that, I'll let you go and you go out into the world and be the best operator that you can be with the knowledge that you were given here. So we can do that all day till they blue in the face. We got slideshows and books and all that to teach you that. I mean, they can read on their own. They can get this knowledge. They don't really need me. But what I felt like was what we talked about. Hey, man, you're going to get to your first duty station. What I would recommend to you is don't go home and take leave. Just go straight to your duty station. Figure out where you're going to be working at. You know, get familiar with the area, then take leave and go home and visit your family because, I mean, you're going to go home and, you know, you're going to miss out on a lot of shit. You don't want to be out. You don't want to be behind the curve, pretty much, is what I tell them. And then they're going to. And that's good information for them to have, I'm sure. And then you get a lot of them that come there kind of like me and be like, hey, uh, 
when can we go on leave? Because I want to go home and get married. And I'm just like, oh, I can't tell you who to love, but I need you to tell you be careful because, <laughs> you know, it, and then I give them the whole story. Like, hey, I was 18. You know, I got a pregnant and I joined the military Then 9-11 happened and I had to leave. My son was 12 days old when I left and yada, yada, yada. Wow. So, you know, I give them the horror side of it, you know, all yeah. the things. And then, you know, some of them come to me on the side and be like, I'm glad you told me that because, I mean, I was thinking about this and this and this and you really, you know turn the corner for me or whatever and then some of them be like yeah I got married and then, you know I'm just I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah but I mean for those people who benefit from, from that information take it or leave it they were putting you know they were putting your path for a reason mm-hmm. for you to spread that knowledge and I'm sure even if they took your advice or they didn't take it they were very appreciative of just having that almost devil's advocate side, you know, to be able to weigh their options. So, and then you always got, you always got to throw in there, be like, Hey, I'm just telling you what happened to me. I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to happen to you. I said, you might get married from here and be together with this person for the rest of your life through better or worse. But I'm just telling you what could possibly happen and what you shouldn't, should not do, you know, just look out for these things. Exactly. You know, well, I mean, that's, that's good knowledge to have. I think in any, anything that you do, you should always weigh your options of what is the right decision for you. So and then there's just, there you go. Then there's just some of them be like, Hey, you don't need to be making any kids. You just, <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone, uh, my age is really just not having kids any uh, as 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 much as people did maybe back in my parents day or yeah. even when i was younger i feel like a lot of people are really starting their careers a little later in life and yeah. starting families a little later in life now and i think it also has to do with i think a little bit of life expectancy because we're we're living to you know longer ages and mm-hmm. um we're also looking younger, I think, because I think anyone who was in their thirties when I was younger, I was like, you are real (laughs) old looking. (laughs) But nowadays I'm like, no, I mean, then thirties is like the new twenties and the, you know what I mean? So, and I think, I even think that kids in their, I I call them kids, but they're adults. So people in their twenties are like teenagers. They, they make Mm -hmm. those really hasty, decisions that maybe they're not thinking about like a teenager might mm-hmm. in back in the day. You know, I think people in before, like earlier times, I should say, I'm talking like, I'm talking like it's stone ages or something. <laughs> I just mean like, you know, my parents' generation, uh, they had to grow up very quickly because yeah. everyone would get married right out of high school exactly. and go right into whatever they were doing. And, you know, build a career, build a family, all that stuff. But now I think people realize they have a lot more time yeah. to be able to do that. And I think so, that's, I think that's a credit to us, our generation, because yeah. we seen that. And then we also had the, um, the, the change in technology within our generation as well to where like we were able to receive more information than our parents and grandparents got. So, Oh yeah. I mean, that's a definite, I mean, we are, you can Google anything today, you know? So it's like you have that knowledge at the you know tip of your fingers yeah. and that's, 
it's good. Knowledge is power, right? And knowledge really helps you grow yeah. and uh, be a better person. So it, it's it, technology has its downfalls, but it also has really great advances for our lives. Because mm-hmm. like I can see, because I have three kids and I can see kind of two different ends of the spectrum with my older two. Like the oldest mm-hmm. one, you know, she doesn't mind working, you know, and she works for what she wants and so on and so forth or whatever. It kind of puts me in the mind of, you know, what I am and kind of what my parents might have went through. But like my son, he is just like a minimalist. I mean, he doesn't need much of shit. I mean, I can give this guy, yeah. I can give him $20 and I can check back in with him probably about a month later. He'll still have that same $20 because he knows that he's taken care of and he don't really need to spend that money if he don't want to. He does more spending his money on his little sister or, you know, just small menial things rather than to like actually go out and waste his money. He's like, if I want a bag of chips today, I'll go buy a bag of chips. But most of the time he's trying to give his money to his little sister. So I'm just like, Hey, that's nice. You gotta, you you raised someone, you raised a good kid, you know what I mean? And that's, due to your example that you're leading. So that, that, that credit goes to you, you know, I like, like that credit goes to my parents, you know, they taught me how to be financially stable and not to spend money that I don't have. And they were very good about that with, with us as we grew up and made sure that we had a savings and we were definitely taking care, taking care of ourselves at a young age um, to be responsible with money and, and just anything in life. So I think that is that's the work of great parents, and so you should pat yourself on the back for that one because that's not typical <laughs> of it everyone. Really <laughs> you know, not everyone's so responsible or giving or or you know selfless. And it's just like um, I get kind of upset, not, not with my kids, but just like society in general is to where like they have these articles about how you know this generation of kids aren't you know getting married as young and not you know having kids and you know they live that minimalist lifestyle they don't have an ass load of furniture and this you know wildly expensive apartment and and people you know talk shit about that i was like that's smart as fuck i wish i would have did that shit when i was young (laughs) you know it is smart and it and it, it it it's less stress i mean stuff is just stress you know having too much stuff it's, it's a lot to weigh on your shoulders. I think when the, the, this younger generation has lesser things, they have less things to leave behind, which opens more doors for them to be able to go wherever they want to. Mm -hmm. They're not lugged down by, you know, something that they have to travel and move all this furniture or they have to, you know, finish paying this mortgage off before they try to, you know, try to get their equity up on something. Mm -hmm. They're, they're living their lives. And I think that's something that I think, you know, I, I I could say for my, you know, the previous generations uh, before me, I think that was, never really thought of in that way that you could actually live and be happy and make a living doing what you love to do. I think people just wanted to, they just had a mindset of work, 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 and you know, then live. And I think we work 
to live, not live to work. And that's something that I try to stick by is I want to be able to still live and do things. I, I, I wish I should travel more, but you know, I still have kind of in that generation gap where we didn't really travel. We saved our money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, it does free you up so much more to just not have that responsibility of having anything, having kids too early or you you just can, you're more free to discover the world and really discover yourself at the same time. You know, not saying that having kids or getting married early isn't right for some people because maybe it is. And maybe working a nine to five is right for some people. Mm -hmm. But I think we have expanded our minds a little bit more to see that, there's more to life than just one path. There's many paths that we can take. And I can tell you the advantages of having kids young. I have my oldest graduate this year, the boy graduate next year. But where I slipped up Congratulations. at <laughs> but where I slipped up at <laughs> Um, I got married the second time and she ain't had no kids, so now I got I'm stuck with another kid till twenty twenty eight. Yeah. But that's not that bad. that's not too far away. That'll come quicker than you think yeah don't the years go by faster as you get older (laughs) oh yeah and then the the small one is very smart so i feel like she can skip a couple grades and get out early (laughs) oh there you go that's awesome yeah but uh, this really is random random rattling we are talking about stuff i did not think we would talk about that's that's what i like to try to do i like to keep it yes (laughs) but I did have a couple of questions in pertaining to your YouTube videos. Sure. You had a, Fire away. You had a tutorial on um, how to remove hickeys. First of all, how'd you get the oh, hickey yeah. to make the damn video? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't you like to know? Um, you know, what's so funny is I always had this thing with my friends that uh, we don't like hickeys. We, we think they're, and I know that there's a lot of people who maybe like them. I think they are of teenage to preteen age that <laughs> think they're cool. I think as an adult, having a hickey is just not becoming and it doesn't look professional <laughs> if you're going in to work the next day with a huge bruise on your neck. Mm-hmm. And so we always say that that's the one thing that is a deal breaker when you're dating someone is if someone gives you a hickey, that's it, you're done with me. So I, we, I did a video. This is, that was a long time ago, that video. You really researched. <laughs> I don't do things like that anymore, but I did a video on, um, it was a funny video. It was just meant to be a joke, but it turned into something more than that where we did nine mistakes that virgins make. And it was me and my friend in her bathroom, just talking to a camera about the funny experiences that we've had and things that you shouldn't do, uh, you know, when you're first, you're having your first time and hickeys is one of them. And so many people got so offended by that. And of course they were probably very young because I can't see, I can't see anyone who's actual, an actual adult saying that they're offended by hickeys. But I just thought it was funny. So that I think that's what, what prompted me to, make that video and who gave me that key i don't re- i can't even tell you if i recall that um it, it could have been just an example i may not even had a hickey at the time i may have you know mm-hmm. used a little makeup to like make it look like a bruise mm-hmm. um just to kind of demonstrate it uh, but um tell me anything but okay. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I probably, I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to lie. I, pr- I probably did have a hickey there <laughs> from someone that I did not, that I stopped seeing at the time. So who knows? But those actually do work. And the funny thing is, is it went viral when that whole thing with Kylie Jenner happened with the lip kit thing. The oh, lip, yeah, not yeah. the lip kit, but the lip. Uh, fucking, whatever. Uh, yeah, the, whatever it was, the shot glass, and people were like messing their lips up and trying to find out how to get rid of the bruises, and that's why that did really well after that. And I also kind of rode that that topic um, with that video. I kind of snuck in the Kylie Jenner challenge in the title, <laughs> and people came running. <laughs> you got to be good. You got to market it good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's funny. I can't believe you found that. That's like one of the, the more embarrassing videos. I think I, speaking, I look back and I'm like, oh, God, how would you do that one? But it did help some people. So I will say that, you know, yeah. it, it's not all in vain. All right. Speaking of embarrassing, uh, oh, God. I, I found another video what did you find? Uh, rolling around in there. Um the dick wipes, the vagina wipes, the the, geni- ah! the genital cleaner <laughs> and whatnot. Oh, you want that? Yeah. See, okay, let me just explain before you know we get into the deep, crazy videos that you're about to pull up out of you know the internet. Uh, there was a time where I was really pushing the boundaries, and I think that was in more in my twenties where I was thinking more towards like how to shock people. Mm-hmm. And that was a big culture in, in YouTube, uh, a, a culture phenomenon at the time yeah. where people were just doing videos to shock people and get them to come and view you. And it was also a persona. I think a lot of us had that we were putting on this, like, Hey, you know, you could even tell by the way I speak in that video, yeah. as opposed to watching videos now that I'm more natural it was a very shock culture time. So I think that is where I was experimenting with YouTube and seeing what I could get away with and what I couldn't. So um, that video got demonetized real quickly, <laughs> I will say. And um, the reason I came up with that video, the, the penis and vagina wipes, um, is because my friend had who was uh, a YouTuber at the time. She doesn't really do it anymore. She had a viral video about vagina perfume. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, what can we do together that would coincide with that video that would make them, you know, kind of want to watch this video. So that's what we came up with these vagina and penis wipes. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as I, I'm not even kidding. As soon as I put it up, it got totally demonetized. And I was like, Oh, well, there goes those views. And it was getting so many views at the time too. But basically what they are is just baby wipes. I just named them a different name to like for shock value. You know what I mean? And that was the whole, that was the culture of the time. Just get people to come and, click your video and watch you and hopefully they stay for more and they like that crazy attitude. But there's no more of that anymore on YouTube. I, I don't know if you know yeah. everything that has happened since that time. Uh, you know, people have been much more tame and yeah. I think it, it, at the time I was a little mad because all my videos were getting demonetized. All the videos that were a little, a little pushing the boundaries. I wouldn't say I was ever 
disgusting or, or nasty. Even that vi- I mean, in that video, we were, we were pretty PG. Uh, well, well, I don't know PG uh, is the word. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I think nowadays it, it is for the better, like, because you are setting an example. And I think as I got older, I started to realize, you know, there's a social responsibility that we have for this new generation. And we need to set that example and make sure that we are, you know, just, just giving a, a little bit of a better example than maybe we were doing before. But I mean, if you look at any of Shane Dawson's videos from that time or before that time, I mean, he really pushed the boundaries way more than anyone I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. And now his videos are so tame and very uh, informative. And I love the documentary style. And I really think that he's super smart for the direction that he went into because it's, it's really something that is actually making a difference now, yeah. as opposed to just shocking people for the sake of shocking people. Yeah. And then, you know, you have, I, I wouldn't say to blame, but you have society to thank for that reason, because now it's just like, Oh, this motherfucker talking about cleaning your dick. Yeah. <laughs> you got blackballed. This I mean, guy I now. mean <laughs> also like society has just gotten a lot conservative. Let's just call it what it is. You know? Um, I think, I don't want to get into politics or anything, but I think because of our government has gone a little bit more conservative, everything has been taken to a different level. And and there are some extremes that I do not agree with that YouTube has um, enforced because it, it just, it bothers me that it's a little unequal on YouTube. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get into too much of the politics, but I've already had this argument several times with several people from YouTube about how they treat us differently by status. And by status, I mean fame or not fame, you know, not famous versus famous. And you have people like Cardi B who are basically like have naked women in her video with full monetized video ads on her channel. But then you have someone like me who's doing a butt exercise. And this is for real. This is like legit. A butt exercise that gets demonetized because it has the word butt or booty in the title. <laughs> I said, is this, this, are you for real? You have Cardi B with boobs and ass like totally not there, there is no cover on that. There is no pixelation. It is full out there for anyone to see. And she gets a full, you know, ads that play in the beginning and the end and of her videos that you can't even skip. And those are the expensive ads. Don't get yeah. it twisted. The ones that you can't skip, that they are paying the big bucks. So that's allowed, but I'm not allowed to have butt in the title when it's a totally clean video of how to like, make your butt firmer. Yeah. That is just ridiculous to me. So that is the unequalness that I'm talking about that YouTube, that yeah. I don't agree that YouTube enforces. And, and I, get, I get that as well. I mean, I'm not a big YouTube guy or whatever. I mean, I just kind of like the aspect of making the video rather than being in front of the camera saying some stupid shit. But it's just like... Yeah. It's the same thing in the realm of podcasting and everything. I mean, I've been doing this going on four years. You know, I like to think that I have a, a decent following and whatnot, but like let um anybody that's been in a movie say, Hey, tomorrow I'm gonna start a podcast and there'll be number one trend with one episode in four weeks and 
I'm just like, yeah. well, what the shit, <laughs> you know, ads, sponsors, all this other crap. And I'm just like, well, I mean, yeah, but they have a, they have a system behind them too. You yeah, know, they're not exactly. a party of one doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you, in the, in the long run have more of that credit behind you and that more of that experience of how to do it on your own than these people who are just, you know, flicking the on button on a mic and just talking into it because everything was set up for them, you know? So you got to give yourself more credit than that. And like I said, always stay just don't pay attention to these other people. Yeah. I, I know I gave comparisons to Cardi B and whatever, but I do love Cardi B, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I have all her stuff, but I just think, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's unequalness and there's unfairness mm-hmm. all the time. And it's how we overcome that mm-hmm. and become successful. That really matters in the end. So, uh, but yeah, always the famous people are going to, be number one or, 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 or get the more followers to come. I mean, look at JLo. JLo started a, a YouTube sh- series on YouTube and I'm like, wow, she's like shot up to like millions of subscribers and just like days. And I've and then, been working towards that my whole career and I'm yeah. still not at a million subscribers. You know, I'm okay. I'm at a quarter of a million, but not a million. <laughs> Shit. There's one, <laughs> but, there's, there's one person that I don't mind doing that and that was will smith he just came out of nowhere he started doing the instagram then he did his youtube series how great is he though i I mean what what a positive person and what a a a leading example of a of of human and humanity that he you know exudes i think that he is super just witty and funny and and he didn't even want to do yeah, social media, exactly. but they forced him to do it for the movie Aladdin. They're like, you really need the social media presence because that's how we're really building an audience for you know the movie. And so he started it, and he he's the natural man. He's the mm-hmm. natural, and he's just such a good guy. And he's had a very similar, uh, like kind of a, a parallel life as you, where he had a kid at a very young age as well. Mm-hmm. And look at everything that he has done to uh, and accomplished in his life yeah. and still accomplishes yeah. in his life. He, you know? he is our uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. I don't I mean, I'm not, you know, can we really say uncle Phil is like legit? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to do well, anything. Well, I don't we, know how we, people feel about him in Texas, well, but uh, hey. he, he seems a little produced me i think will smith is it really does come a lot from him and his knowledge and mm-hmm. and his life experience yeah. you know yeah yeah I, I i i got you i feel what you're saying um yeah <laughs> kind of circle back a little bit to motherfucking cardi b Let, yeah. let's let's talk about some things let's talk about some things okay all right bill cosby roofie and people roofie and people and all kind of stuff justice served i guess he in jail whatever the hell Cardi B openly admitted that I used to drug motherfuckers in the club, take their money, yada, yada, yada. No repercussions. And now is in a movie with J-Lo doing those same yeah, things that she did. said that she did in freaking uh Wow, I, I didn't know that. I'm, maybe I'm uh, ignorant to it because I really don't keep up with super pop culture stuff, you know, but, um, that's interesting. And that is a really interesting, uh, 
parallel between the two and something I did not even realize, Yeah, and which then, is interesting. And it's then, very interesting. And then now, like, I could be getting all that. I could be spreading malarkey right now because, like, I'm not into that stuff either. But mm-hmm. it was spoke about enough to where it got to my ear. So I know it had to be a thing. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, I, I don't know. And I will say openly, I don't know enough about the subject to like speak honestly about it. I would need to get all my facts, Yeah, but you know, drugging anyone in any kind of situation is wrong, no matter what who, or who it is. And, um, you know, cause I was a victim of getting, drugged in my youth so um i i don't i don't think that is right in any circumstance but i was drugged in a club one time when someone it's funny because it wasn't to get into my pants yeah. it was to get into my friend's pants oh, <laughs> and what happened you, you was, was me sec- and my friend used to go you were into the, the city what you say? I said you were the security. You were the gatekeeper, so they had to get rid of you. I was. Yes, they had to take me out. <laughs> so we used to go into the city together, and we used to leave together. That was our thing. Yeah. We go together, we leave together. That's how it rolls. We don't, you know, we could do our thing. If she wanted to go and do her thing on the side, maybe go to a hotel room or go whatever. Yeah. We always left together, no matter what. And there was this guy that used to love her at the club, love her. And he always used to hook us up. He had like, I, I'm pretty sure he was a drug dealer, but I can't really say that for truth, but I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> and he was like, used to get us in the clubs and get us drinks. And, and, and we trust, you know, he built a trust around yeah. us. But every time at the end of the night, he'd be like, hey, do you want to come home with me? And she'd be like, no, I'm um, my ride is Rob. Mm-hmm. I'm going home with him, you know? So we always used to leave the club together. And then one night I had one drink from one bar. Cause I wouldn't really drink a lot because I was driving. So I would always have maybe one or two drinks and then for the rest of the night, not have anything and then be able to go home, you know, to get her home safely. Cause this girl could really drink. <laughs> so I would have one drink and then uh, we went into the club and then he bought us other drinks and after that drink, I just wasn't feeling so good anymore. <laughs> I was really, really sick, like super drunk. I just felt like crazy, you know? And it got to the point where he was like, oh, he can't go home. He can't drive you home and you can't drive home because you're drunk. So why don't we all just go to my place and we'll hang out and we'll sober up and da 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 da. So that's what happened. I got put on the couch and these two hopped in bed and I woke up at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, where the, the hell am I? <laughs> and we, and I look over, it was a studio apartment. These people are just like on the bed next to me. I'm like, no, you did not. Let's get the F out. I, I got a place to be. I got work. Like, I can't yeah. even believe that this happened. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Get your ass up. We're getting in the car. It was like a mom at that moment. I was like, what happened? And it wasn't until really later on we figured out, like, oh, I was drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what happened. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was drunk. Yeah, that was a crazy night. But at least I wasn't taken advantage of, like, mm-hmm. in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> as much as it sounds so bad. Like, I'm like, yes, I was drunk, but at least I was taken advantage of. Um, but either, anyway, it, it's still not a great thing to be 
drugged. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think anyone would want to go through that. I don't think I've ever told that story. You got that out of me. That's really funny. Thank Look you. At you. <laughs> My manager is going to be like, what the fuck what? are you talking what about? Podcast? What kind of stuff are you letting out? We're, but I mean, it's all in good fun. We learn, we live and learn. And as long as I didn't put myself in harm's way, yep. uh, you know, I'm okay. Like we are like, though, that's the one thing my friend would never have left me and I would never have left her no matter what. So she was still looking out for me at that time. She just got a little action on the side. You know, yep. they took me out. Yeah. <laughs> she she didn't have anything to do with it though. She she definitely did not. She was like as dumb as, but we're dumb, dumb in our twenties. Yeah. You're dumb and, I you know, just I, having fun. <laughs> I've I've been drunk enough in that time frame to where like I felt like I was drugged. <laughs> mm. You know, I've I've waked now. Up. It takes a. I I would think that it, because of my tolerance. I mean, I'm older. I think it would take a lot more to take me out now mm-hmm. than just like a little drug in my drink. Yeah. I'd probably be like, "Ooh, that was a nice pick me up." You know, <laughs> let's have another drink. Yeah, and I'm you know sitting I mean? there snorting horse tranquilizers and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've really never been into any kind of a hard drugs or anything like that. It's always just been really just i like to drink i like to have a little i I love my vodka i like a tequila shot and i like my red wine and those are the things that i pretty much stick to (laughs) what's your favorite red wine my favorite oh i love i I love any kind of red i can i I don't like port so much because a little too much but i like a cabernet i like a pinot I like, what else do I like? Pretty much those. Merlot, but everyone makes fun of me because I like Merlot. Mm. Everyone's like, no one likes Merlot, but I love Merlot because you know what? It reminds me of church because it tastes <laughs> like that church wine. And I, I love church wine. <laughs> mm, it's time for communion. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think they use Merlot at ch- in church. I swear, I swear they do. I think they don't really do wine at church anymore, do they? Nah, I feel like they, they don't do that. They anymore. do the um, little grape thing and the little Welch's cracker. I mean, and then the, yeah, that, it's like that, it's like fake now. Yeah, so, so like, let's even talk about that. There is just like how much society has changed. I can remember. You know, sitting in church. Drinking wine. Exactly. When I was like 10 or when, whenever, when do you make your communion? Like 12? Yeah. I remember them giving you wine. You had wine. Like you had a nice gulp and I used to take a nice gulp and it was nice and warm coming <laughs> down. I think that was the beginning of my, um, my quote unquote alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> and see, it's like even the whole process of that, you know, the guy, you come on in, this is my body. You know, you do all the whole thing and I whatnot. Am. And then yep. on, he is barehanding the crackers out the little thing and putting it in your mouth. And then, you know, oh, you, that's true. Yeah, you're like taking the germs little, and stuff. I yeah. didn't even think about that. And now you're taking this little shot glass and everything. And you pull up your wine and whatnot. Now I, I've seen it in um, more currently to where mm-hmm. like all that stuff is just like in a little plastic wrap and you have to unwrap it yourself and you take the crack out the plastic and you eat that and you take your little grape juice. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a little yeah. combo pack. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I mean, I remember literally thinking as a, a kid when when people would drink the wine, they didn't give you cups. And because mm-hmm. I went to a Catholic church, yeah. so I'm not, I don't can really consider myself Catholic anymore. I consider myself more like spiritual and yeah. I have my own connection with God for obvious reasons, but we won't get into that just yet. But um, I remember thinking as a child, like 
how do they clean the cup from everyone drinking yeah. it? And they would just wipe it. I was like, what is, is there like a special solution on that cloth or is it just wipe? Yep. And then, cause I was thinking like if the person before me is sick mm-hmm. and they drank from that wine, mm-hmm. their germs are not just on the cup that it's in the wine too. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's <laughs> alcohol in it, but you still have a chance of getting sick. So I'm sure there was a lot of times that I got sick from, <laughs> from church, uh, you know, unknowingly. And then also them handing it out from their hands. I never yeah. thought, and they're touching the podium, they're touching the mic, they're touching yeah, whatever else they're exactly. touching. <laughs> That's interesting. I never really thought about that. So, man. so funny. But they don't do wine at churches anymore. I don't think nah. I feel like they don't do it anymore. Yeah, like I said, it's a little, it's a little plastic cup. It got the juice in it, and the wafer is in a plastic wrap over the top of the cup. So you just kind of peel that thing off, pop the cap, <laughs> take your bread, drink your juice, and go on about your business. And see, and that was yeah, like, that was like the best hymns after everybody got their communion because everybody just like got a nice little buzz and like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to love that. I all I know is I used to love that wine, and I I remember Merlot tastes the most like the wine that they use. So I would lo- and I was you feel the warmth. You're like ooh, but I mean even back in that time when I was younger, you know, kid, parents used to like let their kids drink at parties and social situations mm-hmm. and things like that. It was just so like more lenient than it is. Yeah. Now, for good reason, for good reason. I'm not saying that that was the way to do it, but um, it was it was just a different time. I mean, people would smoke in front of you. They yeah. had smoking in restaurants mm-hmm. and where kids were sitting right next to them, and no yeah. one really knew the damages that it was causing at the time. And, and now we look at it like, oh, my God, how barbaric. But back then, it was so just normal to have a smoking section in every restaurant or not even a smoking section. Sometimes the whole restaurant is just smoking. It doesn't matter because no one really thought about that at the time. Yeah. It, so, it still even amazes me today when I go places and I get a hotel and they'd be like, you want a smoking room or a non-smoking room? I was like, they still have those. <laughs> they still have them. Yeah. Yeah. They still have them. And then sometimes like, you get stuck with the smoking room. You're uh, like, Oh, it's just so gross in here. <laughs> then it blows. You're my like, mind. Oh, I can't. It blew my mind most recently because um, Dave Chappelle have a couple specials on Netflix and he just most recently dropped another one. He's smoking on stage. And I'm just like, oh, that's that's they they allowed to do that. Netflix paying him all this money. I guess he allowed to smoke on stage. He's like, I can do whatever the hell I want. But you know what? On stages, I, I will say for the record, like the, it won't go into the audience. There is a there probably is a special vent above him that's sucking all that smoke upwards so that it doesn't go into the audience. If that makes any sense, but I mean, still, I mean, that's odd that he's smoking on stage, but I guess he's far enough away from them where he feels like maybe it won't bother anyone. But if you think about it, like people smoke weed at at Snoop Dogg concerts. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you ain't got no choice for that. You're going to be, you're going to be high on secondhand smoke no matter what you do. Yeah, I (laughs) I believe they hand out blunts with your ticket purchase and shit, you know? I mean, I, that was so funny because I did not think that that happened but my friend went to um a snoop dog concert and she's like oh yeah everyone brings in weed everyone's smoking it's like not even like no one stops anyone or anything like that it's just that's what it is i thought that was hilarious but you know yeah. i don't know if times have changed but i don't think they have i think people still do that <laughs> yeah probably yeah and it's just i yeah. don't 
It's just all kinds of crazy madness now because it's like I can remember a point in time to where like we were riding around with no seatbelts and then it was just like oh yeah that was like your choice it wasn't like a law it was like you want to wear a seatbelt you can wear a seatbelt I mean I remember when there was ashtrays in in a car car. there's no ashtrays in the car now yeah, yeah, they don't even have. They did away with the ashtrays, and then they had like the ones that were optional. It was almost like a little cup that they put in the cup holder, mm-hmm. and then you could take it out. They don't yeah. even have that shit no more. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. They and they used to have a lighter. Now yep. the lighter is considered like a power source now, but used to have a lighter force. I mean, even in planes, I remember yeah. when I was younger, they had ashtrays in the seats like right in the you know the oh, arm the chair in the you arm, yeah. smoke on a plane that's and that's like to even think of that now like that is crazy <laughs> i'm tired of but you know the young, if there's any young people listening they're gonna think that man these people are real old because <laughs> they know that some smoking on a plane is, sounds really kind of archaic but it was true and like, really you did have airplanes that had smoking mm-hmm. You could smoke. They were, it had the little ash. I remember on the arm, right on the, you know, the arm of the seat, there was a little ashtray. You yeah. could open and close it and I, you could smoke whenever you wanted to. Yeah, I can and they had like that. a smoking, you know, they had a smoking sign. Sometimes they turned off. Oh, you could smoke now. <laughs> I, I can remember. Um, yeah. I can remember those little ashtrays just having a whole bunch of gum in it. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. 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 I mean, then you know when they did away with all that the ashtrays were just kind of like irrelevant or just there for like garbage and stuff but that's just I I think that's so funny that that is that that was I, I you're bringing back so many memories I remember stealing ashtrays from McDonald's because I thought they were cool like the little foil ones that they yeah, had yeah the little aluminum I, joints yeah yeah the little aluminum uh, ashtrays and I would bring them home with, if they were clean I wouldn't bring them home if they were dirty but like if they were like a new one I'd bring them home and I don't know what I would do with that Use it, it looks like a little plate but that's hilarious and it had the little McDonald's logo imagine if I kept that do you think I would like Ooh, make money off money. of that today right. you got damn right you'd make some money off of that <laughs> that's like a collector's item now <laughs> yeah, yeah. some McDonald's ashtray Shit. That's funny. You could probably, wow, you're bringing me back. You probably we are really random. This is like the most random interview I've ever done. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank no, you for having me. No, one, I'm probably the best person to do this with because I can talk about anything and everything. The um, um, the one last YouTube video that I, I looked at today that I kind of want to get into. The um, I seen no. this. And maybe you can kind of educate me on it a little bit because you did do a video on it. The motherfucking uh, death drop. Oh, yeah, that was a challenge, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little unconventional challenge that I did, but I was like, hey, let me see if I can do it, you know? My old ass, my breaking my hip <laughs> and bones while I'm doing it. Um, I did, yeah, the death drop It was kind of made popular by drag queens yeah, basically yeah. and it's something that you if anyone watches drag race or things like or goes to a drag show new york you will see a bitch do it like at least once a night a, a, mm-hmm. you know a death drop so i used to call them just drag queen drops i didn't know it actually had a name yeah but um yeah the death drop is you know 
it was a, a scary moment. I, I actually really hurt myself <laughs> from doing that. I don't recommend That's why in that video, I'm like, this is not a tutorial. I do not recommend anyone doing this or following my instructions. I'm just doing it purely to see if I can do it and document it. So if you hurt yourself, I'm not responsible. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to know about it? How, how to do it? You want to learn? Are no, you going to try this like, and film yourself? No, because like I... I I would always see it, you know, like they would have, um, they would have like the little, um, the the stage, the model walks or whatever, and it would be like yeah. a, a bunch of, I can't, I, I feel weird saying that drag queens or whatever. They just having um, like a fashion show or whatever, and they come out and they do, mm-hmm. they flail their arms and they do a spin and they just fall out on the ground. I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, it's like a whack. Yeah, like, and it's just, ooh, that had to hurt. But it, they do sudden. it in such a way. There is there is a technique to it that you know I did kind of learn in the video um, by watching it, this drag queen called Laganja Estranja, and she does, she is showing how to do a death drop uh, to a bunch of people in a, I guess a seminar that they were having, mm-hmm. probably at like a drag con or some kind of convention, and. Uh, so there is definitely a technique to do it so you do not hurt anything. I did not uh, get that technique down, obviously, <laughs> because I hit my knee, I twisted my ankle, I hit my head on the floor. Yeah, Thank that. God I was doing it on a rug where there was a little cushioning. Um, but yeah, I, I did not get the technique down that well. But the funny thing is, is that I did, uh, as I said, I, I teach dance and I was at the time I was teaching multiple classes for competition classes, uh, competition kids that go out on the road and they, you know, compete with other people from the state and stuff like that. So, uh, they ended up doing a, a hip hop dance to one of RuPaul's songs. And I was like, Oh, it'd be kind of cool if someone did death drop, you know, I'm like instructing kids on how to do a death drop. That is like, I should not be teaching kids to <laughs> take my, take my, my dance card away. But I was like, you know, we're going to try to do this and we're going to see if we can do it safely. And I showed them how to do it very slowly. And this one kid just like, got it. He just understood how to do it. He was really young little so he was low to the ground so he wouldn't hurt himself <laughs> and I showed him how to do it so he wouldn't hurt himself and he got it like that and I was like yes we're adding this in it's going to be like this is what's going to win the competition because I have a kid doing a death drop at the end of the song but um, as I was teaching him funny enough I hurt myself really, really badly where I had to go to the hospital. (laughs) I like slammed my hand down and jammed my elbow. And that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to slide Slide your hands down. Use your hands as a guide to not hit anything hard, but you're not supposed to jam, you know, and I just kind of fell the wrong way, jammed my elbow. Oh, when I tell you I saw stars, I thought I broke my my arm. I was like, I'm done. I broke my arm. And I'm like putting on a face for these kids like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good. Let's keep going, let's keep going. I get through all of my classes and I'm like, I gotta go to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, I did something to my arm. I know I did something. Apparently I didn't do anything. I just kind of jammed it and yeah. uh, bruised the bone or something. But I will tell you, every now and then, I do feel it. And I'm like, I don't know if those doctors knew what they were talking about because I feel like something happened in there. You know, I think as you get older, you just don't recuperate the same way as you used to, especially doing the Todrick Hall video. Um, we were dancing in heels in that video. 
And uh, he had me doing some crazy stuff on the floor, too. And I'm like, here I am. I'm the oldest person in this group. I think I was like 20 years old. I'm like an old man breaking my hips and rolling around on the ground and stuff. I was like, this is just not what I should be doing right now. But I guess I have no choice. Um, But that's your curse, though. But that's your curse, though. That's, that's your, my what? I said, that's your curse, though. I mean, you're so good at what you do and you look younger than what you are. They automatically think like, all right, yeah, you got this shit. No problem. <laughs> They're like, yeah, he can do it. No problem. He'll he'll be fine. Little do they know I would come home every night icing my hips, my knees, my back, my neck, everything. <laughs> we had a little saying because they had a group uh, chat with all the dancers and they were like, they were singing the, uh, Kaya? the that song. Yeah, yeah. My neck, my, my back, <laughs> my, and my crack. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Everything hurts. But um, I would, I tell you the experience, I would never trade it for anything because that was something I really challenged myself to do. I never thought I'd be able to do, especially at my age. And for me to be able to accomplish that, I, I like patting myself on the back, you know, I, I mean, I, I went up with some of the best dancers in New York mm-hmm. and I held my ground. So, and I got a good, pretty good spot in the video. So you might, you might come across me. I can't tell you more than that because I don't know when this damn video is coming out. It's Very been well. like a week ago and it's not out yet, but you know, but Todrick is a, I will tell you, Todrick calls super cool and a really nice guy. And what you see on TV, he's on, you know, he's a uh, judge on RuPaul's Drag Race and he does all this other stuff. He's on Broadway. Um, He is really super nice, really, really nice and does care a lot about the people he works with. Um, He was very concerned with making sure that every person had a moment and there was like 60 guys dancing in this video. And he wants to make sure that every person had a moment in that video where they were seen because we were putting so much effort into his project. He wanted to give back to us. And I, I really respected that. He is a, he's a really hard worker and he hustles. And I thought I hustle. No, his hustle compared to my hustle is I'm, I'm, you know, he leaves me in the dirt because he will, he would be at rehearsal with us from 10 to four, every day, 10 in the morning to four o'clock, go after rehearsals to look at venues for the video, go re-record music, and then go do a Broadway show. And he would do this every day for like a whole week. I was like, this guy's a superhero. That's insane. Who does that? Who can do that? Yeah. You know, but he said to me, he's like, um, well, he said to everyone, he, not me personally, but he said to everyone, he's like, a lot of people think that I have, you know, managers and agents and all this stuff. And they don't realize that I do this all myself. I don't have anyone helping me. And this is all me. And I was like really impressed by that. And it gave me a newfound confidence in what I could do. If he could do it, I feel like I could do it. And I was just like renewed after that, after doing that video and dancing in heels for like 12 hours, <laughs> I was like, if I could do that, I could do anything. Cause my feet were in so much pain. I didn't, I couldn't even feel my right big toe for like a week <laughs> after doing that video. So, um, I was like, if I could do that, I could do anything. No matter what the age, I think I can still, 
do it, you know? I, keep, I think I keep myself in pretty good shape, and I think the diets and the exercising and the videos that I do really do help with that. So helps to keep me young, helps keep me um, grateful, too, that I have a following that supports me and pushes me to get outside my box. Word. So, How long- yeah, that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> How long it took you to navigate the heels? Like from first trying them on until now. The heels, you know what's so funny is like as a kid, you always try on your mom's heels and stuff, right? Oh, I don't know if you did. As a gay man, you do. You you do that kind of stuff. Um, But I, I never really like, you know, wore them regularly. I did a show called Lakaja Fall when I got out of college. That was my first professional gig. Uh, I played a, I don't know if you know, the 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 bird cage you know the bird cage with yeah, robin yeah. williams mm-hmm. and, and do you ever see that hank Azera? i haven't seen it in a long time but i know what you're talking about it's it the, the that movie is based off of this musical and so basically i played hank Azera's part where he, he's the maid or the butler i played that part and there's one part where he's supposed to be in heels in the show and so I, I learned a little bit then on how to walk in heels, but not enough to like dance in or anything. I was just walking on stage because I was in a dancer apart than that. I was more of an actor. Um, so when it came down to me trying to do heels for a class, it, it took me about a month, a month and a half to really get comfortable wearing heels, um, just wearing them. So what I basically would do is just like put them on in the house and just basically walk around getting used to being in heels. Uh, you know, how, where your weight goes, how to navigate the, you know, the, cause you're in stilettos, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to navigate everything on the ball of your foot and not put the pressure on the back. And, uh, you know, I, gradually I got better and better and it came time for me to, you know, teach a class and heels and uh i did pretty good for you know i i started off slow like everything i did was like an easier routine but as i progressed i got more and more advanced and i would do more challenging things so i would say maybe like a month a month and a half it took me to do it to actually like get the balls to like this person, you know, so to speak, <laughs> get those balls to, to get in heels because <laughs> it does take big balls to get in heels. Yes, Any woman will tell you that, I'm sure. <laughs> Lady balls, all right. Lady balls, yeah. It really, I mean, it's it's an interesting experience. I, I would love, love, love to do a video where I teach men, like even just straight men, whatever, however they identify, to, who have never been in heels to dance in heels for a video. I think that'd be hilarious, like a seven-day challenge where I have them in rehearsal every day. And at the end, they have to do maybe some kind of performance in New York City or something. Wouldn't that be hilarious i think it'd be fun <laughs> I, I tell you what i never wore a pair of heels in my life and i never had an inkling to <laughs> but just for you if i was able to i would do it for you if you had this whole that would be about, I would, so I would do funny <laughs> that would be amazing i'd appreciate that i mean hey teach their own right everyone does whatever suits them you know and you some people want to wear heels, some people don't. It's it's a personal preference, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I'd ever go into the military, so it's not so worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd, I'd be too scared to do that. That's on my bag. 
Yeah. Well, they they scare the fear out of you, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, apparently, yeah. Look, so but like, I mean, I mean, I was like, if I ever got drafted, I'd be like, um, I'm gay, so I don't think I'd be like. So, I can't use that excuse. Yeah, to be like, so am I? Come on. <laughs> They'd be like, nope, you're still going. Sorry about it. <laughs> But, um, I mean, at one point, that's what people could do, you know, yeah. the don't ask, don't tell policy. And once they find out you were gay, they'd be like, oh, okay, pass. No yeah. thanks. And then that was a lot of outs for a lot of people, too. It was just like, oh, I don't like this shit anymore. Hey, man, I'm gay. Kick me out now. <laughs> uh, but would you get dishonor- uh, dishonorable? Dis- how do you say it? Dishonorable yeah, Dishonorably discharged? discharged, yes. Because, I mean. Well, for being gay. Well, yeah, because you lied, so it wouldn't, uh, be, so, it wouldn't be so much the gay thing. It's just like you lied under oath, so get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but nowadays that doesn't matter. I mean, nope. I think the new thing is like whether you know they allow trans people now to be yeah. who they are or transition while they're in the military. I think that's more of a yeah. subjects that we're dealing with but I don't really know much about that to speak on all I know is let people be who they are and accept people for who the choices that they make for their lives or just who they really feel like mm-hmm. and I think the world would be a much better place mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like who cares what anyone else does who yeah. cares if they're not hurting anyone they're, they're living their life you know yeah I agree so, with that. and then I'll put it that's in, all I'm saying. I'll put it in the smaller terms or whatever it's like this is what happened with me and my mom and i think i told it to somebody else on either this show or somewhere else i joined at 18 and you know i had brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews all prior to me that's been in the military my father was in the military you know it's a family thing so i yeah. i came home from boot camp and uh, we was at home you know you know celebrating hey he's back home yada 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 and my mom gave me a cup of alcohol, me being 18 years old, and she's like, if you're old enough to make the decision to fight and die for your country, you're old enough to have a drink in this house. And Aww. that was something that kind of stuck with me. So I was just like, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, if you make the conscious decision to fight and die for this country, it shouldn't matter what the fuck you are or what the fuck your preference is. I mean, if that's what you say. Exactly. Up to do, exactly. And I admire that. Like, and I admire the people who do fight for this country and have the balls to go out there, uh, especially in this time where ugh, anything could really happen. You know, I do. I, I, I totally think that has nothing to do with whether someone's protecting us or not. Yeah. Like they could be who they are. If they have the guts and the balls to, yeah. to fight for me and to fight for our freedom, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, these people, you know, it's really sad to see that we say we give so much credit to our military and, and people who are veterans, but then we let them come home and, you know, sometimes come home to nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't, we're not giving them the benefits or things that they deserve. I think that's, what a shame, you know, how dare, how dare that happen to people who risk their lives for us, people who are suffering. And you see people in the streets of New York all the time, veterans that just, they don't have any money, no benefits, no nothing to fall back on. And it's really sad that we even treat people who have fought for that for us 
to to treat them that way is just wrong. Yeah. But that's another that's another subject. <laughs> exactly. Let's uh, you want to let's try to turn around. Let's not end it on a sour note. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, sorry. To. So, so <laughs> we got deep. Yeah, we talked about everything. <laughs> so um, on the cheap tip, you know, I I, yeah. see, I, I found you because of that commercial that you did. I mean, is there yeah. anything else like that on the horizon? Would you like to do more things like that? Like on a, gl- yeah, on a you know, I, I think it's just doing that is, I think it's endless. I, I, I actually did another commercial for them. Um, I'm not sure where they're marketing it. Um, but it, it, I did do two. So there's another one that's very similar to that one. If they decide not to use it in some way, I mean, I already got paid for it. So that's, that's, kind of good but um if they decide not to use it in some way i will be posting it on my channel because i think not my channel uh on my instagram like igtv because i just think it's so funny and it's a great follow-up to that last video where i was interviewing people so this time i interview couples on the street and i have them smell each other and (laughs) things that some of these people said i just i died it's it's really funny so um, yeah, that's going to be coming out hopefully. And, um, yeah, you know what? It, it, I, I, I feel like sky's the limit. I, I think that this year has been 2019. I don't know how it's been for everyone else, but my 2019 has been just so incredibly uplifting and, and just opened my eyes to and open doors to new opportunities that I never imagined. And I think it's just because my mindset was so different and my, my will to succeed was different. And I, I, I just, I think there's going to be a lot more for me. So just keep watching out and uh, you know, I'll check back in with you maybe a couple months from now and let you know <laughs> what else I'm doing. But I definitely think that there's going to be a lot more. This is just the beginning of, seeing me produce and act again and dance again. Who, who knew, who knew I was going to be dancing again at this age. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> and, you know, I never thought that would happen. So, um, yeah, I think that there's definitely more to come and, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what the new year is going to bring. I can't believe 2019 is already over. Like yeah. what happened? How did Chris go bad? It's lightning. I will tell you, 2018 was not my year at all. I think a lot of people feel that way. I think there was some bad juju yeah. that year, but 2019 was a really good turnaround for me. And I'm just going to keep looking up. You know, it's so funny because, like, yeah, I say that I had a bad year last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but someone posted something on Instagram that I thought was really, really interesting. They said, if you had, I think it was something like 86400 dollars, right? And someone took um, 10 of those dollars. Would you throw away the rest of that money to spite them? Fuck and man. then it makes a comparison to like now 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 there are 80 i don't know how many seconds there are today but this is they were comparing it to seconds it's something like eighty six thousand or eighty four thousand, blah 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 seconds in a day they said would you if someone took 10 seconds of your day to ruin your day would you let would you throw away the rest of that day just because of that it's like the comparison of that yeah. and i think that is 
no truer words have been spoken. And I think that that's a cool motto to, to live your life. Just because one bad thing happens, don't throw away minutes, seconds, days of your life because there's, you, you just got to keep trucking and keep it positive and keep it going. And that's what I think I'm truly living like now. And it took me a long time to figure that out, but you know, I'm, I, I think that's a perfect example of how everyone should really live, you know? Yeah. Cause I think a lot of the times we get hung up on some stupid comment someone says and, or something that, that says you'll never make it or you'll never do anything. And you're like, you let that stick in your head. And I just don't listen to that anymore. I just say, now I can do anything. I mean, yeah. I dance in heels. <laughs> <laughs> so I could definitely do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well man, so. I appreciate you uh, giving me 10 seconds out of your day. And everything to do. Oh, I appreciate. I give you hours. I mean, I, can, I as you can see, I can talk about anything. Yeah. You might have to do some heavy editing with this because you can not to us ramble for this long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no. I appreciate it, and you are so delightfully pleasant. And I, I had the time. I had a, more than I, my expectations are exceeded. You know, now that we have had a chance to finally talk, so I'm wish you the most luck with this podcast and I know you're going to do great things and you're really reaching people. And I think that's a cool thing and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Cause see those opportunities you never know they're right around the corner and yeah. they're just going to happen. I appreciate that. You know, I said, you're yeah, welcome. That, that, your outro was like my intro or whatever. You just kind of freestyled it and it made me feel all tingly inside. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that I could pay it forward. <laughs> all right. Well, before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. You can find me at on the cheap tip. So that's on the cheap tip, just like it said, all one word anywhere on YouTube, Instagram, most of mostly YouTube and Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all those other Facebook, all those other things. You can find me on all of them on the cheap tip. And it's really, really simple. Once you learn it, it's, it's always hard to tell people your name because it's kind of long, but once you learn it, you never forget it. And I give you the cheap tips for life and it's free. Everything I give you is free. So why not come and subscribe and have a chat? You can even comment. I always talk back. I love talking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, as it is with every guest that has ever been on this show, the door is always open for you to come back to, you know, as you said, you know, update us on what you got going on. Uh, maybe we, maybe we can get some video chat going on. You can um, show me some of your new newer heels and everything. And um, Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once again, thank you. Thank you. Three times. Thank you. Thank you. There it is. Another fantastic interview with another fantastic guest. You know, uh, doing the podcast, whenever you create and everything, you always automatically think you're unique and whatnot. And um, starting the podcast and, you know, trying to come up with a name, you know, that kind of describes me a little bit and, you know, just trying to make it my own. You know, when I threw Rob in there, you know, the random rounds with Rob, because <laughs> I wanted to have three R's in the title for some odd reason. So um, the random rounds with Rob come out, you know, I'm B Rob for the show and everything. And 
I'm thinking, you know, I'm the only B-Rob in the podcasting game or the only Rob, you know, to be associated. And I find out Rob is a very common name, not only in podcasting, but in entertainment. So I have Rob Rivera here (laughs) on this episode with me. And it's just when I hear someone else being called Rob, I automatically think like they talking to me. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, it's just like you're in the room and you're like, hey, Rob, what's up? And I turn around, and but they're talking to somebody else. And I was like, oh, you're not talking to me. I, I'm not the special one in this room in a, or in this conversation. <laughs> but yes, another Rob to join the cult of Rob and everything. And, and dude is fucking awesome. Look up his stuff. I mean, I, I just I just dig his uh, charisma, his personality and everything. And, you know, seeing him in that random Instagram commercial or whatever that I normally scroll by and just, you know, don't even pay any goddamn mind to, you know, we got an interview out of that. So, I mean, I, he was just in the video. You can look him up on uh, Instagram and see the clips of it and everything. See him dancing in the green wig and heels and whatnot. So, um, follow him on Instagram at on the cheap tip and on freaking Twitter at on the cheap tip. And the YouTube channel on the cheap tip. Yes, a lot of tips being issued here today. <laughs> but it, uh, once again, I appreciate Rob and everything that he's doing. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Rob. See, man, it's like I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> and I wish you the best of luck in everything that you uh, got going forward and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, a couple of things. Uh, Pandemic World Tour. I don't know if it was a world tour, but it's coming through Houston, Texas, October 18th through the 20th. Get your tickets, go to their website, check it out. All the links are in the description, the locations and whatnot. And um, yeah, that that's coming up here pretty soon. September has came in, uh, dropped off their laundry, left, picked it up and out of your life again. I mean, shit, at, tomorrow is the 30th and then Tuesday is damn the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. First of the month. Already. Already. But, um, yeah. Let's get on out of here. One big thing I'd like to tell y'all about. I know it's, you're going to hear it again, but Hooks, Rubs, and Spices, sponsor of the show. They are on actual store shelves. Not in your local area yet, but in, you know, they based out of Utah and everything. So they got product on shelves, baby. That's some amazing shit. So uh, shout out to the the family at Hooks, Rubs, and Spices, which, by the way, while I'm talking about it, you can get 10% off your order if you use the promo code 3RSHOW on hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com. And you hear the rasp in my voice. You know, I've been watching The Masked Singer. I, I just binged the first season last night. And uh, that's an interesting damn show. And um, I think season two, as this comes out, is underway. So I won't spoil who won the um, season one if you haven't seen it yet. But fuck you, I am. T-Pain won. (laughs) And they mask, they uh, disguise their voices and everything because they want you to guess throughout the course of the show who you think this mask singer is. And as soon as I heard them, even though they put the um, the voice scrambler on him and everything, tried to disguise his voice, I just know by his mannerisms and, 
you know, just the way he talked and hearing his cadence and everything. I was like, that's motherfucking T-Pain. And then to people don't realize that this dude can actually sing. You know, they was, oh, he's an auto-tune motherfucker. You know, one of the most current of pioneers of using the auto-tune stuff and everything. And, you know, he got a lot of flack for that because that was his gimmick coming out the gate and not actually using his true singing voice and whatnot. So, you know, you heavily used auto-tune. People think you can't sing, but this motherfucker can sing. And I don't understand why people... I don't know. It's, it's just weird because, you know, I heard him actually sing with his real voice and I was like, that's T-Pain. <laughs> but The Masked Singer is an interesting show. I like the costumes and everything and trying to actually guess who some of the people are and whatnot. So, yeah. Masked Singer. Recommend it. Hope you uh, get some views off of my mentioned mass singer abc whatever channel you fucking on but anyway you can follow me on twitter at it's b rob that's i-t-s-b-r-o-b if you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans that's the place you do it also this show has its own podcast has its own podcast goddamn i'm trying to do other things and talk it has its own show God damn. See, I, you hear me? I'm trying to call my wife because she lost the phone before she go to work. <laughs> That's a ringtone. She go crazy when she don't talk to me. Or she go crazy when she talk to me because I'm a jackass. I hope she finding the phone. Let y'all enjoy that ringtone real quick. Ring back tone. <laughs> I hope she found it. Anyway, let me get my shit together. You can follow this show that you're listening to on Twitter at 3R Show. You can follow me on Instagram using the hashtag 3R Show or Walmart Log. Hashtag Walmart Log. I was just in there before I started sitting down to record and edit this episode. So uh, check it out. Go to randomrobcast.com. Find many different ways that you can help support the show. And, um, Besides buying merch, being a patron and other things, paying your money to support, there's free ways that you can do it that I highly recommend for whatever show you listen to to include this one. Go to iTunes or wherever they allow you to write a review and give it the highest rating that you can give it and some cool reviewage and whatnot. So I would very much appreciate that. And any other podcast that you listen to would very much appreciate that. So that being said. I see you next.